0: This episode of the Haunted Road Trips show is brought to you by evidential medium Tracy St. Croix. Most of us grow up hearing statements, beliefs, and judgments so frequently that as adults, our lives are subconsciously managed by them. Are you aware how this spaghetti highway expands into every issue of life, from relationships to money, fears, and beyond? Visit www.tracystcroymedium.com and sign up for a remapping session that gets you off the Spaghetti Highway so you can change your mind and change your life. Welcome to the Haunted Road Trip Show, where we bring you powerful conversations, insights, and exciting site investigations that reveal the paranormal world in a way you've never seen before, up until now. Tune in and become part of a community that enjoys the thrill of finding out what the paranormal world wants to teach you and solve the issues. Be sure to visit our website at www.hauntedroadtripsshow.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, prepare to have your thirst for curiosity satisfied as you enjoy ghost stories, haunted house stories, and more.
1: Okay, we are live, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Haunted Road Trip Show, where you get paranormal history that is dying to be heard. Welcome, darlings. Thank you for coming. And this week, you guys, we have a woman that I met about a year ago. And I don't think I can say enough, like, kick-ass good things about her. I mean, who could really not like somebody with the word sunshine in their name? I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just impossible. I have here with us Miss Sarah Sunshine Garrison this week. And she is not only a spiritual growth coach. Her mastery is in helping women over 50 who are experiencing that empty nest syndrome to identify and to activate their spiritual gifts, activate or get rid of their limiting beliefs and create a strategic plan for living for their purpose and moving forward. She's got a plethora of certifications. She's worked with everybody, y'all, from big to small to tall to to <laughs> wide to broad to everything. Okay. And she is a certified basic DNA theta healer, human design reader, and powerful intuitive. She also loves her animals, paddle boarding, and hiking. I mean, who doesn't like? Of course, your name is Sunshine. Of course. Right, Sarah? <laughs>
2: It, it definitely embodies my personality for sure.
1: <laughs> yes, I am, you know, and I am totally stoked to be able to talk to, to you about this podcast. And this podcast has all been a long time in the making on there. And for folks out there, nobody really knows, but we met originally in uh, what we like to call an entrepreneurial support group.
2: that's a good way to call it definitely
1: (laughs) it definitely is um and it's called meet cool people and that's definitely what happens in that in that group and that's how I met Sarah and you know uh, flocks of a feather stick together what can I say on that Sarah how you doing
2: I am doing pretty good. This is I'm excited. I'm I love to talk about ghost stories and all the fun things. So
1: yes, we're going to talk a lot about ghost stories because we love the paranormal history that is going to be dying to be heard on, on that. So you like, they, like, obviously you're an intuitive, and mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever spoken to one intuitive who's been like, no, I didn't grow up. I didn't have any experiences. Like, everybody has some, like, cool stuff from, like, childhood. Like, you know, a lot of people know, like, my backyard was a cemetery. Like, I was surrounded by cemeteries in the first house that I lived in growing up.
2: I don't know if I would have been able to handle that one, man. I don't know how you did
1: it. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. I mean, you're a kid. What are you yeah. going to do? Run away? Run away? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I tried, but I didn't get <laughs> any further than the bus stop down the road.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. the The house that I grew up in was the original farmhouse built in the 20s for the area. So it had quite the history. And I found out after I grew up and moved out that there were like things that didn't make sense to me as a kid. That now I'm like, oh my gosh! Why wouldn't somebody t- just tell me that so that I wouldn't be so freaked out as a kid? <laughs> okay,
1: you cannot just leave us hanging. <laughs> so, like, you just like broad stroked like a good kick-ass childhood story. Like, <laughs> spill the tea, girl.
2: Okay, so when I was a kid, um, so my house, the house is an old farmhouse in the. 40- where are you
1: at, location, girl? We. Need I'm, to in this- okay, I'm in Oregon. I'm in Oregon. Are we urban? So are we country?
2: outside? We were so I was. Um, I grew up in a house that was just on the outskirts of Portland when my parents bought the home. It was actually in the unincorporated county. Okay. And as I grew up, it Portland like annexed it in, so it's like on the very at the time country, outskirts of Portland. Eventually, now it's a big suburban area. Um, but. It was all the homes around the house that I grew up on were all new homes. And mine was built in the twenties, like I said. In the 40s, they actually lifted it and put a basement in it. So it was three stories and a basement, a main floor, and an attic. The basement was all of a sudden um,
1: I get creeped out by the attic, by the way. <laughs> I'm just like the attic. I don't know. I don't know.
2: It, it, it was one of those attics, like okay, so one of the bedrooms had a door that you thought was a closet, and you opened the door, and it was the creepy stairs that went up to the attic. Oh. It was like that kind of attic, so yeah, it was. It was a. I mean, I have fond memories of of growing up there. My so, the basement at one point in time was my mom ran a daycare. The basement where the daycare was at, you know, the main floor was my sister's bedroom and my bedroom. And then the attic was my parents' bedroom. So like, yeah, it was kind of, they kind of used it that way. Um, I can remember as a kid being in the basement. So um, nobody would be home and I'd be in the basement and I could hear people walking around upstairs and talking. I heard, I, I distinctly heard a man's voice upstairs talking and I would go upstairs and there's nobody up there. And it was, it was all the time. Like, like anytime how old I was are you
1: when you first started hearing this, like just out of curiosity, say that again, how old are you when you first started hearing this man's voice?
2: I'm I, I don't I, I young. I mean, like, under the like age under of 10.
0: eight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very young. Um, I remember asking my parents, I'm like, like the first time it happened, I'm like, did somebody come home? And, you know, was, was there somebody here? And they're like, no, we were, we were out the neighbor's house or whatever. And I'm like, well, somebody was in the house and they're like, no, that was just, it's just an old house. It was just settling in the foundation. That's what I always got was the house is just settling. It's an old house. It's just settling. And I'm like, but I could never, I could never put together why I heard an old man's voice when I heard all the creaking and footsteps above me, I found out. After they had sold the house and we would moved out, we actually happened to one day go by the house and stopped in to the new owners to see all the updates they had done. And that's when my mom told me that the previous owners, just before they bought it, the old man died in the house.
1: Of course.
2: Why couldn't you tell me this as I was growing up so I wasn't so freaked out? Maybe she thought that would freak me out, but... I think it would have calmed me a little bit. So at least I would have known what was going on, but
1: (laughs) yeah. Did you ever hear, like, did you ever hear the footsteps or anything like that? Any other time besides like when you were in the basement?
2: I only heard it when I was in the basement. I didn't hear it any other time. Yeah.
1: That's creepy. Yeah, but sometimes I, I'm convinced like spirits know where we're at, and they're like, "I'm gonna mess with her just a little bit. I'm gonna mess with her." <laughs> like I, I think that there's a lot of humor and spirit.
2: <laughs> well, something else that I found out, humor and spirit. I found out so this house also had a big shop next to it. Um, it was a detached garage. It was big. It had a a a room in the back. Um, my dad used to it as his man cave until I was 18, and then I moved into it as my apartment when I turned 18. And um, I was haunted when I was in there. Like, there was something that was constantly, like, at me constantly, over and over and over again. Yet again, I found out that the shop was built from the wood of the old barn. And um, there was this spirit that kept reliving, like, its life in this space. And it didn't like anybody in the space. Oh. So I ended up um, making a deal with the spirit because I'm like, listen, I could very easily send you away. I could send you off. So you have two options. Either you keep messing with me and I send you off or you leave me alone and I don't care. You have free range for anybody that comes into my house. I'm like, as long as you don't hurt, don't harm them. But if you want to pick, you want to scare other people, fine. Just don't scare me anymore. I stopped having any issues and I completely forgot about it. And one night a friend came and spent the night with me and she, the next morning, she's like, Sarah, did you crawl in bed with me? And I'm like, why would I do something like that? That's weird. And she's like, I swear somebody put their hand on my leg in the middle of the night. And I was like, oh crap, I forgot to tell you. (laughs) And so, yeah, this person, this spirit was messing with her all night, like just freaking her out all night. If I would have said something, I could have stopped the process. But I completely like it. Had been like a couple of years since I had made that deal with the spirit, and I completely forgot about it. So,
1: is she yeah. still friends with you?
2: Yes, <laughs> she is. She's
1: still friends with me. I would be reevaluating it. That's all I'm going to say. She
2: kind of knew about my gifts and so she kind of understood it a little bit, you know, so she's a little pissed at me that I didn't say anything beforehand, but I forgot. I, I honest to God. I mean I like
1: somebody it. getting in your bed at night, like that like my number one rule is like seats under the sheets. Like I'm not, like, don't mess with me while I'm sleeping. Like, that is, I've had that happen a few times, and it is literally scared the shit out of me. And I'm like, no, 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 no.
2: I, like I said, it was this weird. Did you ever, like,
1: get the information about why the spirit was wanting to relive there? Like, were they just like, hey, I like this life, and I want to hang around? Um,
2: Yes. I, I had friends come in and we, we did some connections and stuff like that. Um, well, I, I don't, I wouldn't call it a seance, but, um, you know, I have uh, a lot of friends that, at least back then I had a lot of friends that were, um, very connected. And Mm -hmm. so we ended up connecting with the spirit. We found out that, um, this and i don't know why she was so mean but it was a female and she had been killed in that in the barn and um she would relive that moment of oh. her death on a regular basis but she didn't want to stop being in that space and i and we never got that out of her why she was so connected to that space And she didn't want anybody in that space. She was, like, very adamant nobody can be in that space. And that's where her and I made this deal of, like, listen, you either you end the suffering and you move on and leave me alone. Or if you're not going to do that, just at least leave me alone because I will force you to go away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because I would be more wondering, like, why, you know, like, why is the spirit so attached to their their physical death? Like, what happened around that that was so um, jarring or so dramatic that they needed to review it and review it and review it?
2: Back then, I wasn't, I, I guess back then, it wasn't something that I was as concerned about. I think today I probably would have been like, well, why are you doing this? But back yeah. then, I was just like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: I mean, most people you know most most clients and and things that when we go to investigate are just like just make it stop, like we don't care, just please make it stop, yeah, and
2: that's the big thing that back then, that's all I wanted. I just wanted it to stop, and there were two ways to make it stop, and I basically agreed with whichever way that person wanted it, so wow. So those are my ghost stories from the home that I grew up in.
1: Wow. You know, you could have put that lady to some real use. I mean, you could have had her scaring the neighbors. You could have you could have gone all kinds of ways with that. I mean, you could have had her, like, scaring your parents. And,
2: <laughs> like, I could have been messing with my sister, and I didn't even think about it.
1: <laughs> You're a good sister, then. You're a good sister, then. Of that is, I mean... And like, do you talk to your parents about it now? Like, hey, do you guys know that like we were living in a really active house?
2: I don't. I haven't talked to my parents. I did when my mom was like, oh yeah, there was a guy that died in this house. I said, you couldn't have told me that when I was younger because, you know, I heard him walking around upstairs and she's like, you did? And I'm like, yeah, all those times you told me the house was settling, that was someone walking around upstairs. So I did after the fact kind of tell her like, I heard this guy, but
1: I like how your mom tried to double die double down on the um on the excuse.
2: <laughs> I think sometimes though, like I look back at raising my own son, you know, I think what we try to do is we try to make it not scary for our kids. Yeah. You know, so we try to like say, Oh, it's no big deal. There's nothing really there, you know, because and children have an active imag- imagination, so I don't even think my mom realized she did what she did, you know, what she said, what she said, because for her it was just about like making me not afraid of things. So, you know, I did that with my son. I'm like, oh, it's okay. There's nothing really there, and then I'd be like, go away, <laughs> I'd, like tell it to go away, trying to like ease my son and calm him down because. It can be scary as a kid, knowing it, because I grew up like that. I'm sure you know it, too. You've had your experiences.
1: Oh, my God. I just couldn't figure out for the life of me why my parents kept buying, you know, like, haunted houses. Like, I was like, do you people not, like, check for this? (laughs) Well, you know
2: what, though? What I found, and this is so funny. My husband nowadays, like, when we talk about getting a place or doing something, he's like, we want to make sure it's brand new and not on any sort of burial grounds of any sort, because I know you'll get haunted, Sarah. And I'm like, yes, but energetically you go into the old homes and they just feel so warm and inviting and cozy. And like a new home feels empty. Like there's just no energy. There's no inviting energy in a new home. Whereas you go into an old home and it's just, it just feels good. Even when they're scary haunted, there's still that, that energy.
1: No, It is. And, you know, honestly, I, I tell a lot of people when clients call me about like buying new houses or moving somewhere and they want to make sure that it's, you know, um, good vibrations or that, you know, there hasn't been a mass murder or something, you know, atrocious in the home. You know, I see it doesn't matter whether it's new or it's a not new home. Someone or something at some point has died on that land. Yeah. How old is this earth? Someone or something has bound to die on your property. Yep. Now, how you interact with that, that's going to be up to you. But I always say, like, look, do, you know, set your boundaries, create your own energy in that house, put your own touch and feels into it. And then I, you know, of course I'm going to, you know, help them see if, if the house is like, Ooh, no, I wouldn't move that. Check the, you know, I always say, check the public records about death certificates and people who have lived there and things like that. That will give you a lot more information than your real estate agent. will. like go check. Yeah. Like go check the County records. That's going to tell you. Yeah. Real quick, my parents didn't bother to do that, but I I can't blame them all for it because, you know, as, you know, unaware mediums and intuitives, we're a bright light, we're, we're like a lighthouse, no matter where we go. And spirits going to be attracted to that lighthouse, and we oh, yeah. might be very unaware that we're the lighthouse.
2: Yeah. I used to get followed all the time. I can remember I went to a massage one time and um, it was a gal that does intuitive work on top of massage. And when I was there, she's like, you have like five people following you right now. Can I just clear them from you? And I was like, "Mm, yeah, go for it. Like, five, I had five people, like five souls following me, like trying to get my attention and but that was before I was really aware and awake and like really truly understood that like I have to tell these people, leave me alone, like this is not the time or space, but yeah, yeah
1: wow have you so have you driven by that house that you used to live in? Is it still standing?
2: It's still there um the t- area of town is not now considered it's not considered the best area of town anymore. Um, it has no trespassing signs all over it. There's broken glass in the windows. The backyard is full of junk. Um, it's just, it, it feels like it's been a little bit not cared for, but I, I think it's not necessarily that. I think it's just the area of town and it's, it's like a corner property. So like people can see all sides of the, you know, so it was sad when I drove by it. I was like, oh, it used to be in such such a a beautiful house but
1: I wonder I wonder if the lady and the gentleman are still there
2: I wouldn't be surprised at all I wouldn't be surprised if they're still there unless somebody did it like I didn't do anything to get rid of either one of them and so they would have had to bring somebody in to get rid of them because they were both very attached
1: I do. I have a soft space for a real soft space in my heart for spirits who might be like a little bit confused about things and need some help understanding maybe what has happened and what, you know, like their choices. Because I don't believe I don't really believe that a spirit is stuck. Like, I, I just don't believe that it to me, I've been shown more of, of it's a confusion and needing to tie up loose ends.
2: Definitely tying up loose ends. I've had yeah. that multiple times.
1: Yeah. You know, and I'm 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 a firm believer that like God, Buddha, Jesus, you know, Spirit, whatever you call it, you know, doesn't need our exact help to cross spirits over. I think they got that covered. I think they've got a team for that but I think that they can use us as mediums to help communicate with that spirit. What has happened and Hey, here, you know, here are some options for you or to see if they, they're just like, no, nah, I just like your lady, like, Nope, I'm staying. Yep. Okay. So well, if you're going to stay. Here's the rules.
2: I've had spirits come to me and not even know that they, they died. Yeah. Like that there's a pure confusion of, not understanding what had happened like they've been in this space and they can't understand why nobody's talking to them yeah and it's like well because you're you're not you're you're dead and but and it's heartbreaking to have to to like break that news to them to say well you know it's because you're not walking on this I mean I don't know how to explain that I the last one that came to me I'm like well that's because you died (laughs) I had to like just flat out say it oh it was tough. I mean it, it broke her heart and it was it was a friend of mine too. Um it was a bad situation and um yeah she had no idea she had died and it was very sad. Oh. So I had to I I had to be the person to break it to her and I just it was like ugh, didn't want to, but I did. Mm-hmm. So. I've
1: seen that, yeah, I've seen that, like, what I like to call a little bit of the shock and the awe, especially when people, um, just quick or unexpected.
2: Yeah. Sometimes or, that happens. Or if there's, like, chaos surrounding their death, there's, there can be, like,
1: yeah. Maybe, like, what just happened here? Yeah. You know, I, and... You know, that's interesting. I, I like next time you roll by that house, like take some photos of it and send them to me. I'd be curious to see just if it looks like how I see it in my mind.
2: Yeah, I will definitely send you pictures of it because that'd be cool. I It'll be a while before I get back out that that area. But, you know,
1: I mean, we can still, you know, we can still keep it up. I mean, either which way you're badass intuitive as well from, you know, from what I know. And so do you also, when you do your readings for your clients, does mediumship come through for you?
2: Um, Yes, I do use it in cases. Um, So I had one particular client, um, her father kept visiting her in her dreams and so I was able to connect with the father and kind of find out what was going on and, and give some messages. So I use it uh, depending on the situation. Good I will connect now. with a loved one.
1: On, on there. Because you especially seem to love to use your gifts for women. What I like to say are in, you know, um, the second novel series of their life. Yeah. We had our first novel, and it was little, you know, here, there, and everywhere. And now we're on our second novel series. And we're like, okay, what's up? <laughs> what are we going to do now? What are we going to create?
2: Yeah. Well, I like to help. So I, I feel like my mission is to help people really understand what their soul's purpose is for being here at this time. And I feel that because my son is 19 and he he's moved out. Um that's when like, I feel like things start hitting us. Was, was it really my soul's purpose to raise a kid? Like, was that really what I was here for? Why, you know, so you start like questioning yourself, you know, especially in, as you get towards retirement too. women get towards retirement, we start to wonder, well, okay, what's next? What, you know, what's, was that, was that all I was here to do? Is there more to it? So that there's this confusion that starts happening. And so I love to help kind of guide them intuitively through that confusion and help them really understand maybe that was their purpose. And now their purpose is to be the most amazing grandmother in the whole world, you know, or right. maybe the next step is they need to start a business to help whatever it is that they ne- they're passionate about.
1: I do. I tell my clients all the time, you have multiple purposes. Like yeah. this whole, like your destiny, That's a bunch of shit. You know, like we have multiple destinies, right? Like, I think my destiny was to wake up and do this interview today. So I did it, (laughs) right? But I got multiple things I need to get done today. And I, you know, I try to encourage people not to latch on to, oh my God, I have to find my purpose or my destiny or my calling or some kind of punishment is going to rain fire and hell down upon me or, or, you know, or like something very negative, you know, like oh, I'll have to repeat this again. You might have to repeat this life again, but you will have the lessons of all the lessons that you've learned in this life to help you in the next one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have lessons to learn. Like you yeah. said, like that's a big piece of being here is there's lessons to learn. And our soul's purpose, like you said, like where we're at in our life, there could be a meaning and a purpose behind that space, but then it's time for the next one. And now it's time for the next one. Yeah. And the whole coming back to do it over again is only like, it's because you, you're here to learn lessons in your life. You're here to understand whatever it is your soul needs to understand as you're going through life. And I don't know, I feel like you can choose to come back or not, like. It may be, you may not have learned lesson, but you don't really want to go back and try to figure it out again.
1: <laughs> you know, there's, I like to say there's lots of options. I mm-hmm. tell my clients all the time, the way that mediums, you know, perceive things, the best way that I can tell it is like, look, we get to see through kind of like a little like people through the wall yeah. or through a door. We get to see what we're supposed to be shown. We don't get to see, like, what's on the periphery, what's above. We don't get the whole grand pincher, and no medium or psychic does. And if they tell you that, they're a bunch of horse shit. Just just to be straight up, that's bullshit. Because nobody sees everything, and if you did, you wouldn't be in a physical incarnation body, because then you wouldn't have anything to learn. And what are you doing here then?
2: I think that even if you... (laughs) Even if you were given the vision of everything, you would never be able to understand it. Exactly. Just know there's like, there's so many, like one of the gifts I have is future sight. and, um, I'll tell another story really quick.
1: Okay. When no, I was go kid, ahead. Go ahead. We love stories, girl. Come on.
2: When I was a kid, I had this, um, dream. Right. And, um. I was a big Star Trek fan, like the original Star Trek. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And so I had this dream that I was on the, this, the, the, you know, gosh, now I'm blanking, but I was
1: Voyager, right? No,
2: maybe it was a Voyager, it was the Enterprise, the Star Trek Enterprise, Enterprise. Enterprise. I was on the Enterprise and I was like standing like at the main console and I was typing in things and I was talking to somebody and all this stuff. And it was a coolest dream. Um, I was eight, 910 I don't even know. I was pretty young, but I, it stuck in my mind because it was just a really cool dream. And it's before yeah. we had like cell phones and iPads and all that cool stuff. Um, fast forward to, I was 19, 18, 19 years old. And I was working at, an <clears throat> age of me, Circuit City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dealing, I was talking with a customer and I was at a kiosk at Circuit City at this this, like it had this big rounded um, place for customer service. I was in customer service. So it's at one of the kiosks talking to the person I was typing in things and I, there was this code going across the screen. Now in my dream, there was this weird code that I could, I could interpret in my dream, but I couldn't. So I'm standing there and I'm typing all this stuff in and this code comes up on the screen. And then all of a sudden my dream starts happening. Like I'm standing in my dream and everything that happened as I was moving through was exactly what was in my dream. But I was standing at circuit city working with a customer to help him through his stuff. So I always say that if you're given like a vision or if you're given a big picture, like we can only interpret things based on the knowledge we have in the moment. So Mm -hmm. at eight years old, nine years old, however old I was, um, I knew Star Trek. <laughs> right, right. And so in my vision, I was seeing it as Star Trek. But then, you know, 10 plus ten years later, I'm actually, computers were a thing because they weren't a thing back then, you know. And all of this stuff was a thing. And, and I wouldn't have been able to understand that back then. So right. even if you're given, like, even if, like, the medium is given the big picture, they're never going to be able to see it. They don't understand it. They can't interpret it. You can't interpret knowledge you don't know. Yeah, it's hard.
1: It's very, it's very, uh, like, it can only be kind of broad stroke or vague. Like, even, you know, even say, like, 40 years ago, you know, trying to tell people that we are all going to have a device that we can carry in our pockets or our purses that can connect us with anybody around the world instantly. It is a computer It is a phone and it, uh, it is a camera. It is a video camera. Um, it is news. It is everything in your world that you want. Like that would like you, you go.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, even this, even us on these video, this video call, this this was like, this is Jetson stuff. Oh, it was Jetsons total Jetsons. Yeah. So that's right. So things that mediums see today, they're not going to understand if they can't like, cause there's just so much more knowledge and information out there than we can perceive.
1: Yeah. We don't have the experience nor the anything tangible to attach it to just yet. Yep. And that's what we do. So I have to ask you this question, like how bummed were you to find out that you were working at circuit city versus the enterprise deck?
2: (laughs) I mean, it would have been cooler if I would have been in space in front of aliens, like non-human life forms that were talking to me. That would have been awesome. But at the same time, I really, you know, would not, I don't know how I would have
1: processed that either. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine having a dream that you you were like bartending at the bar there, you know, the bar that they had on there with all the different, um, all the different beings Yes. only to find out you worked for a catering service. something like that. And and it was at a costume party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things. And so it just goes like show everybody like you know each medium can only between their own experiences and their reference points and their symbols. You know, we do we do the absolute best that we possibly can with what we have and that's what I tell my clients like I'm gonna do the absolute best that I possibly can with what I have to help you or whatever you know whatever it may be you want to play a fun game okay okay so we're gonna play a game called book it or book (laughs) it so are we gonna book it and stay here are we gonna book it the hell out of here okay (laughs) okay Yes. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. This is one of my favorite sites on Instagram. Okay. Can you see my screen? It's coming up. Okay. Okay. So this, this is the subject. Okay. 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 So Um, it's, a, I don't know how to say this. Do you know French? No. Okay. Berg de Vista, France. And it, the, the bio says, physically, I'm buried in snow. Mentally, I'm restoring these two magical gems in a quaint village in the south of France. Let the sun shine in. Listed for 80,000 euros. Two large period-attached villa houses in the center of Burg de Vista within walking distance to all amenities. The houses dating back to the mid-19th century have new roofs, large gardens. They may also come with a plant of woodland with a ruined short walkway to the village. The first house has numerous period features, including marble fireplaces, magnificent staircase, and stained glass double windows. Stereo window is facing, is faced with Bordeaux stone with signs of quality residence, which I, I don't know what that means. The second house also retains numerous charging, charming features. See, they don't say much about that second house. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little, okay. So I think we have number one, number two here. Let's see. Oh, oh, mm. oh.
2: I mean, it'd be fun to like hours. walk in and visit, but I would
1: not want to be living there. Ooh, look it's it looks like somebody Ooh. bit the banister. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean, banister. Is looks that hard. what they mean by the garden view? <laughs> I hope that's not the bathroom. Oh my god! Oh, the wallpaper is kind of cool looking. That looks like two double dragons yeah oh i don't know well,
2: look at you is.
1: i don't know what that is
2: it's it's a dragon of some sort
1: okay well okay i mean i i'm liking the staircases i i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna stay there i i'm gonna say i'm probably gonna have to book it out of there because like mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying, like I said, I would love to just walk in and feel the energy and then leave <laughs> just to kind of like see what, and then,
1: cause it. I want to see the wallpaper.
2: Yeah. I mean, like some places I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not foreboding that I can maybe, but then you go to other places. and I'm like, like, mm, no.
1: Okay. Mm, no. Okay. We got one more. <laughs> okay. We got one more. Okay. Are we booking it? Are we booking it? Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. 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 We've moved from France to Woodtaker's, Wittak- North Carolina. God, I hope I'm saying that right. Whittaker's? Whittaker's. Yeah. I don't know. All right. 69999 9, 9. You know that's a deal. Mm. That's right. Well, the price is here in Oregon. Yeah, that's a deal. <laughs> it said, well, Sarah, it says a stunner for sale by owner who is willing to entertain offers. Get on it. <laughs> Home is for sale and located in Whitaker's, North Carolina, within town limits. Pro, pro, close proximity to Cummins and Pfizer. I guess those are those some, those are companies. Quiet tree-lined streets. Beautiful features. Lots of potential. The home will require some sweat equity. This home is in need of tender love and care. Home has not been lived in for two years. Price is negotiable as owners will consider all cash offers. 2,700 square feet built in 1910. Thank you. I don't know. The outside, this looks like a little bit more in sweat equity, girl. Yeah, and I, I don't know about staying there.
2: I mean, I like the pillars. I've always been a big fan of those kind of pillars.
1: I know, but is like that's the flaking paint—is that lead? Is <laughs> that? You know, things about red doors, right? It's good luck, right? I think so. I think, maybe, I don't know. I like the stained glass. That's pretty. I like the archways. Ooh. <coughs> Ooh. Mm. I would love to investigate the house paranormally. That, I would do that for sure. I'm kind of wondering There's- about this pipe in the middle of the... There's- it seems out of place, right?
2: I mean... There's nobody, nobody's lived in it for two years. That tells me that the energy is stagnant and stale and that there's going to be hauntings in that house.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Interact. Oh. Yeah. The staircase. Okay. The fireplace is cool. I don't know about all of that going on there, but I like that I hope that looks that's creepy up. to me it it i, I like know it because you could paint it or something and make it look pretty i don't like this mess i don't i don't know what that is that looks chaotic i don't think you know i like the little creepy that's, window that's like so like creepy ghost kids can look in in the middle of the night on the staircase and stare at you all you well, see at least it's shadow. a stained
2: glass, so they can't actually look in.
1: They can't look in, but you can see their silhouette, and yeah. that's even creepier. That's creepy. Yeah, I'd be afraid people are going to be watching me.
2: They must I, really like this room.
1: I, I don't. I. I. I don't. I would investigate the house. I ain't staying at that house. Yeah,
2: I couldn't stay there. That okay. Would, that no, no. Like I said, they're they enter. I find that when places have been empty for a long time, um, our human energy adds to and helps kind of make things a little bit calmer. Oh, yeah. Um, But not having anything in there um, for two years means that the energy is creepy energy.
1: Yeah, it is creepy in there. So, folks, we're booking it. We are booking out of both of these locations. Yeah, like.
2: They'd be fun to, like, walk in and sense the energy a little. Uh, The second one, I'm not sure about walking in. The first one, I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to walk in and feel the energy. But the second one, I'm like, I could stand at a distance and sense that and be like, okay, we're good.
1: (laughs) I wanted to go in and clean. I was like, this all needs, like, you know, we need some you know, some like dusting and some like polishing, like it needs a little bit more sweat equity and TLC. But yeah, that's one of my favorite Instagram uh accounts to follow. It's a great one. I know it. So tell my listeners, Sarah, do you have you have a free gift for them, right?
2: I do. <laughs> so in my process of helping people activate their own spiritual or worldly gifts. Um, I have a four-step process. The first step is really understanding yourself and how to love yourself. Right. Because if you don't love you, then spirit, it makes it a little bit more difficult to connect with spirit. So I have a free self-love guide teaching you how to connect with yourself, how to love yourself and how to appreciate you so that you can start moving into, because it's my belief that spirit the great spirit creator, God, Jesus, Buddha, whatever you want to call that, um, is love. It's pure love energy. And if we understand what pure love energy is, it's easier to connect with it and it's easier to get the messages and all of that stuff. So oh,
1: yeah. uh,
2: the gift that I have is a free self-love guide that anybody can download.
1: And where can they go to download this?
2: Oh goodness. Um, Sage, I believe the link is sagecom slash self-love.
1: We'll put it in the notes for everybody you guys we'll We'll make sure that you're able to find Sarah and download her her uh, free gift for you guys so that you you can um, get started on your own journey and start to experience your own intuition and start to trust yourself. That's really what it's about. When I tell my students, when you come into class, like learning intuition is not, and mediumship is not about having control over the future or people or, or your life. It's really just about learning how to trust your body, trust your senses.
2: Yep. Over it's a time. big piece.
1: It's a it big really piece. is. You have to learn how to, how to trust yourself and, and you'll learn. You, I always say, you're going to go to Carnegie Hall and you're going to practice, practice, practice.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly well
1: sarah this has been like absolutely delightful um a whole lot of fun having you on here and i hope we can have you back on soon
2: oh definitely stories
1: about your childhood home
0: it was a lot of fun thank you for having me
1: yes
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Haunted Road Trips Show, where we share powerful conversations, insights, and exciting site investigations that reveal the paranormal world in a way you've never seen before, up until now. Remember to visit our website at www.hauntedroadtripsshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Haunted Road Trips show. And remember, paranormal history is dying to be heard.